mean, it, and at least black people stop playing R. Kelly step in the name of love at the cookout. You're listening to Social Misfit. What's going on, Misfits? I am coming to you live from Las Vegas. Yes, I am back in Las Vegas yet again. This is my third time this year performing at the Comedy Cellar in the Rio Hotel. And if you are tuning in on YouTube, you are seeing me, seeing you, seeing me, seeing you from my lovely room with the view. I'm overlooking the pools. There are several pools here. Uh, there is an adult pool that plays EDM music all day long. I'm going to go out there because I believe it is, I think, like 114 degrees today. It's so weird. I have a friend who lives here, Rocky Del Davis, fellow comedian, and we got off the plane together back from New York. And he goes, oh, man, I, I love the weather here. I love how dry it is. My lips are already dry. I love it. I missed it. I'm like, in what world do you want your lips being dry? I think that's probably one of the biggest inconveniences. Walking around with dry lips and, and not having your brand of lip gloss, that... I, first of all, I don't use chapsticks. I don't use I don't use chapsticks. I don't I don't like them. I don't like that round ball thing either. When you see people open up the ball and they just put the whole ball on their lip. I am a nice rosebud slav. Am I saying slav? Salve. It's a blue tin that you get from like Sephora. It's normally in those those junk bins. You know those junk bins they have right by the uh, cashier when you stand online with all the stuff you really intended to buy. And then you see, oh my God, this thing is only $4.99. Let me just grab it. Those little tins. I live for that. Rosebud, I think it's called Rosebud. Oh, do I have it in my thing? I don't know. I don't know where I put it. But um, whatever. I love it. And, um, and I read somewhere that in your lifetime, you eat like three pounds of lipstick or lip gloss if you're a woman, which is probably less than the real amount. Just think about you put on lipstick and then you drink a bottle of water and then your water bottle has the red or whatever color lipstick on the mouth of it and you just chugging it away think about whenever you ever eat food you ever eat food and you have lipstick on and you take the fork out of your mouth and then you have like a little lingering like the little the little lipstick nuggets you know the little little spots of lipstick that's not even talk about like when you go out on a date or you're getting intimate with somebody and you have lipstick on and then you got the lipstick all over man I really wish men would just be okay with us. I'm sure they are. Like when you get into a relationship, a man's not really tripping. But when you're just now getting to know a man, like I want to get to the point in life where, yes, we go on a date and I look really cute and my my, my wig or my crochet or my protective braids are popping. Um, if not, my, my natural afro is out or my blowout or twist out is out and it's popping. My, my my makeup is cute. My outfit is cute. My Spanx is on. But like when it's time for us to get intimate, I want to be able to come home or go to your place. I want to tie my hair up. I want to wash my face off. I want to take my Spanx off and we can get it on because there is nothing more annoying when you're thinking about intimacy than wanting to 
tell them like how do you even tell somebody early on like listen and I do it because I don't give a shit but I'm like hey so just so you know that this is not my hair okay like right when we about to have sex like don't don't pull this 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 is not my hair just letting you know keep it cute don't get excited that's if it's something that could like come off like if I have like a a, a, a wig I only have one wig in my life um people think it's my hair all the time so they want to pull a wig off like Mm-mm, don't do that or they like start like wanting to undress you and you be like, honey, there is a whole Fort Knox of protective suck it in gear underneath this outfit, honey. I look cute on the inside, on the outside, but on the inside, honey, this thing is locked, tied and loaded. So don't get your finger snapped off because you're trying to go for my bra, but you got to go underneath my my Colombian sausage casing. Fajia, I think it's called a Fajia, F-A-J-A. That the honey, that thing will encase you like a mummy in an Egyptian tomb. Okay, that thing is tight. And the great thing about it is like it has like this um this like different material over the butt so that makes your booty pop. I don't know how they did it, but they did it. And it works. But you know, it's very tight. Anywho, um so Las Vegas. So I'm back here. And for some reason, as soon as I sat down to start recording this, I got hot. Am I going through the change? Am I? I don't know. I, I think I I think I am. Mike Yard, who's a comedian here with me this week, he made fun of me because yesterday we went to Target and I had to go to Target because I had to pick up this special brand of organic cotton chlorine free tampons and pads. And it's called L. It's just called the L company. I don't know, but I'll show it to you if you guys chlorine free what if I can get them to sponsor me right by women for women right chlorine free ultra thin pads no synthetic pesticides dyes or fragrances and I didn't realize like how much shit was in our sanitary napkins do people say sanitary napkins lord I sound old anyway I didn't realize how much stuff was in our lady lady products and we don't talk about these things I'm 38 years old I'm very blessed to have had a a vast um sex education uh approach to life that doesn't make any sense but I'm not even high I don't even know why I'm jumbling my words but I did have the talk with my parents. I had it again in junior high school because they had like this all class assembly where they talked about like good touches and bad touches. This was also right around right at the time, right around the time when Mike Tyson was um, was charged and found guilty and convicted of rape. Uh, yes, Mike Tyson, who has somehow been able to flip his um reputation in the world and be and loving and endearing and I get it I'm not saying once a rapist always a rapist but I'm simply saying that people have definitely ignored the fact that he was a convicted rapist not alleged convicted rapist um, and so when he had that situation go down it was like a big national conversation you have the heavy heavyweight champion of the world and raped this 19 year old black beauty queen. And then you just heard everywhere around me as a kid, you just hear it about rape and consent. And why does she go up to his hotel room and oral sex? And so we were just hearing this and the kids are talking about this in my school. Shout out to Philippa Skyler, IS 383. 
I don't even know if you're still in existence anymore because in New York City, they love to shut down the school and fill the building with a bunch of charter schools. But if you're still there, whoop, whoop, uh, I see you. And we had this massive assembly and they sat us all down and they were like, um, just want to let you know this is good and this is bad. So I had that experience. And then when I got to high school, freshman in high school, I had sex education and my teacher was Miss Chan. And this little tiny Asian lady, and she was so cool and so hip, and she was she kept it 100 grand with us about STDs. We saw pictures. We we had like conversations, just candid conversations and talks about consent and everything. And so I'm very blessed that I've had all of this knowledge. A lot of people don't have this knowledge, and and it is detrimental to your physical health. It's detrimental to your psychological health. It's detrimental to your interactions with other people and engaging in consensual sex and understanding what good things are and what bad things are. Like it just it's just like this deep downward spiral and it's so funny because the other night on stage like I think last night I mean every day once you come let me tell you something once you come to Vegas it's like a blur Uh, it's like that movie remember that movie with that kid and he was supposed to be like the son of like Poseidon and it was like a recent movie and then like the black kid was like um, a minotaur on the low anyway and they went into some casino and they just couldn't remember what day of the week is Percy Jackson Percy Jackson is the name of the is the thing name of the thing. Anyway, that's what Vegas is like. I don't know what day of the week it is. I don't know what time it is. I just know I'm gonna go out and try to get in some sun and go to the pool. But anyway, so last night at the comedy show, I said off the top, um, I was talking about men in erectile dysfunction. It's a joke I do. And as I was talking about how men can fix erectile dysfunction, a woman in the audience yelled out pineapple juice. And then I went into this whole tangent about pineapple juice and just, and you could tell by like the audience, cause it was also like somewhat of an age gap. The younger couples were sitting in the front and the older people were sitting in the back and the younger people in the front. And when I say younger people, I mean my age, I mean like in their thirties not like 1920, like in their thirties. And then the older people are like 45, 50 older. And so like much older, like in your sixties. And so it was so funny because when I was talking about the pineapple juice and me and this woman, like, yeah, like matter of fact, you could see couples being like, what the hell are you talking about? So then I had to explain pineapple juice and the benefits of pineapple juice to these people because they don't fucking know anything about their bodies. (sighs) Right. And then it annoyed me because you have all of these older couples who've been married forever, not knowing how to engage in fun sexual activities. And these motherfuckers grew up amongst a generation of key parties. And so when I have said that about like, yo, everybody's being so hypocritical, like they're all so pious and they have regular old missionary sex all the time. Like they didn't have their parents went to key parties and there was a couple from like Australia it was like key party I was like yes in the 40s and 50s and 60s married couples in the suburbs will have parties and invite other couples over and everybody put their key in the bowl and you took the key out and whoever belonged to those keys you fucked them so old school swing parties so let's not act like America was straight from pilgrims to Christian evangelicals it was a lot of sucking fucking and drugs happening and let me tell you something the American population was happier for it you look at the 60s okay after the civil rights movement where people white people especially was more aware and more in the ally mentality people was out here having sex 
doing drugs. Woodstock was 50 years ago. Everybody in Woodstock was on LSD. You know how many people on that lineup at Woodstock died like a couple months later from overdoses? And I'm not saying do drugs until you die. I'm just simply saying that this whole like nose up like better than you and you shouldn't do x y and z like the motherfuckers that's telling us not to do that now they did that or their parents did that so stop with the hypocrisy it's just so annoying to me and men if you want your semen to taste sweet drink or eat pineapple juice your lady would would thank you tremendously because y'all don't be taking care of your bodies either okay (sighs) damn it's already 14 minutes in um it was a couple things that I did want to talk about but um I don't know how to like go into it this annoyed me as well um so Jeffrey Jeffrey Epstein the billionaire pedophile who was flying famous people and other powerful people on his jet to his island where he was fucking little girls and he was keeping them captive and took their passport so they couldn't flee number one why is it men love killing themselves or stepping down or retiring when the shit hits the fan and then leaving the woman next in line to deal with that bullshit? So Jeffrey Epstein was not just one man by himself snatching up women off the street. He had a woman, madam, or socialite. Can we get into socialite for a second? Because I'm starting to realize that whenever you hear the word socialite, that means that motherfucker don't have a job and they've hoodwinked and bamboozled their way into inner circles and they are conning people all around them. And the crazy thing about rich people, especially rich white people, they don't ever want to admit that they got conned, right? It's just like men don't ever want to admit that they got raped, right so because that they suffer in silence and they walk around like boo-boo the fool and they never want to admit that they were taken advantage of so for all the people who had this woman over their house invited her to balls all the people who was like oh she's such a lovely woman she's so sweet y'all let this predator into your circle to take advantage of young girls and now they saying they don't know where she is y'all better fucking find this hoe okay you better find her you better find her fast she ain't gonna just dip out of here and and fall into the ether no 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 she needs to be held accountable for her actions and the crazy thing about it is i feel like she probably was in love with jeffrey right because only a woman who is enamored by a man will do his dirty work because they didn't say anything about her taking advantage of these girls right she wasn't in on the action I mean I don't know I didn't read the 2,000 pages that they released on Friday what made this man kill himself but I feel like that's the type of shit a woman who's like brainwashed or no 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 I'm not gonna say brainwashed because she needs to be held accountable for her actions but I do believe that there was something where she was enamored by his power or something that she did all of his all of his bidding for him right but now she's in hiding and you can't find her but you better find her and I want everybody that stepped foot on that plane I want everybody that stepped foot in that house on his private island I want everybody that had taken pictures with him or invited him they all need to go down and it's so crazy to me because all of his victims were young white women right and white women as far as my life has shown me was supposed to be put on a pedestal. They supposed to be protected. These are princesses, right? And if you don't even step up and protect these women, well, shit, damn, 
what is society really saying? Is it really saying that just white men are the only ones that give a fuck about like them? Like they're the only ones that need to be preserved and protected and, and put on, on top of the food chain. Like, damn, y'all let him do this to y'all white girls. I mean, and at least black people stop playing R. Kelly step in the name of love at the cookout. Damn. Do, do some little part something i i mean it's really sad how money just really clouds people's better judgment people think that just because someone is is wealthy that they should be able to get away with whatever the hell they want to get away with and that's just not how life works you know that's just not how life works at all like the day the economy crashes and we go into another recession like on like a great depression everybody's morals and values are going to be tested because you think you're supposed to be treated better because you have more zeros in your bank account absolutely absurd and you know what else is absurd how motherfuckers is trying to say that it's a setup and somebody killed him now i ain't gonna name no names but i was at a family dinner this past weekend shout out to my brother chad who just turned 24 and there were two people at the table who believed that he was killed i've seen enough high crime espionage movies and shows to let me know he was not killed. I firmly believe that somebody in that prison gave him the time and opportunity to kill himself. It's like, it was like a, it was like a, a kamikaze, you know, the, oh, someone's fighting. Hold on. Someone's fighting for real. Hold on. So. (sighs) The room I'm in has an adjoining room right it's one of those rooms that have two doors and you can open up and go to the next door well that next door neighbor I guess is a couple they just got into like a little argument but it was like so clear and so loud and I'm over here talking about Jeffrey Epstein uh killing himself death conspiracies the last thing I need is for the billionaires boys club is to pop into my room at the Rio and off this black queen because let me tell you something if they throw me out of a window y'all gonna be like oh no she killed herself even though I got a book coming out you know damn well I'm not gonna kill myself okay uh anywho uh that's such a Zainab thing Zainab Johnson wonderful comedian dear friend of mine she says anywho Anywho, um, Jeffrey Epstein. So yeah, um, I don't think that anybody ex- like specifically killed him. I think that they gave him the space to do what he needed to do so that he can have some, I know this sounds crazy, just to have some dignity, have some control. Because a person like him doesn't like to not have control. So what he wasn't going to do was put himself in a position where a jury of people who who, who he thought would never be on his level no one's on his level you're he's a he's a he's a he's a egomaniac he's never going to think that anybody is worth him 
like it should be able to come into his life and say you should do this you should so he he wasn't going to give anybody be it the legal system or jury anybody the power to dictate what his life was going to be so he killed himself Adolf Hitler killed himself you know how he killed himself his subordinates was like here's your pills we're gonna lock the bunker door see you on the other side like I think that's along the lines somebody in that facility was like listen I'm gonna give you 20 minutes when I come back you here you not here but I don't think anybody went in there and killed him. I just don't, I don't see that. And I, and I hope that people don't start bringing that up because that's a cop out. That's a cop out. He did it himself. This is a powerful man. Like let's not, let's not make excuses. Uh, shout out to the people of Hong Kong, Hong Kong. Shout out to the people of Hong Kong and, and Kashmir. I, I stand with you. I hope you can regain control of your lands from your oppressive authoritarian uh, uh, parent governments. So if you don't know what's going on in Hong Kong, the people of Hong Kong have been showing out against tyranny. All right. A couple months ago, I mean, it's, their, their protests have been going on for a couple months now, like at least like two months. Um, the Chinese government issued a, a decree that they would be able to extradite people from Hong Kong to face charges in mainland China. Now, Hong Kong has a unique agreement with China, which is they have full control decision making over their policy and politics, but they're still technically under China. So this new decree is the first time that China is imposing their communism, one country, we run the show power over Hong Kong. And the people of Hong Kong was like, not on my watch and it's a younger generation who are like we're not going for this we're not doing this because this is how it starts how it starts is if we say something against china or if we post something that you don't like then you can tell the authorities here to come pick us up and ship us to china and we end up in a prison camp for the rest of our lives also china has allegedly rounded up and imprisoned a million native Muslims who live in China like there there's a Muslim population who lives in China and they rounded them up because you're not supposed to have religion in China and they have been brutalizing them forcing them to drink alcohol forcing them to eat pork torturing them all of that stuff so they have their own uh, concentration camps going over in China so I think this is a trend that we're noticing we're noticing a lot of these uh, powerful countries imposing their will on smaller people and imprisoning them and ruining their lives so I don't know what, what's in the universe I don't know what energy is given off but I'll tell you this every time I come to Vegas and I look outside of my window and I see the vast lands, the territories, the forests, the the canyons, the water, the dried up water, the deserts, the tiny roads with no movement on it. When I see all of that and I realize that this earth has been here, I'm sitting here right now talking to you guys and I'm looking at the mountains from from my room and you're just like there's so much more life around us than all of the nonsense that we deal with on a daily basis. Just think about it. There's life forms that we'll never see. There's things in the water floating around. I just saw an article the other day about a a, a shark that's like 400 something years old. And I ain't gonna even lie to you. When I saw that, I was like, damn, how many of my ancestors did he eat? 
because I read somewhere else that they're they're saying how the the African slave trade and all the bodies that were thrown off ships and into the waters um, made the sharks change their migration route because they knew that they could find food, a.k.a. human bodies, and it just changed the whole like ecology of the water. So, you know, anything is possible. There was another article, or I think it was a video actually, talking about how scientists released wolves into a park and it changed the entire ecosystem in the park. It brought back so much livelihood and so much wildlife numbers quadrupled because wolves just came in and they changed everything. They changed the the predator food chain. They changed the flow of water. It's just like when you think about the the butterfly effect, it's real. The butterfly effect is real. And we have to think about what little things that we're doing on a daily basis that could affect other people like myself. You know, I do this podcast. I've slipped up in my consistency, but there are people who hit me up and like, oh my gosh, I I really appreciate the things that you say. And it is just me in a room, just me in a room talking shit. And I don't think about it. And I and I probably wish that I was a little bit more aware and respectful of the people who listen to me, not necessarily on this podcast, but before this podcast, I used to do another podcast with Yamanika Saunders. It's called Ranting and Raving with Yamanika and Chloe. And she still does it now. It's called Ranting and Raving with Yamanika and Friends. But we did it together for about a, a good two years. Yeah, about a good two years had a lot of fun episodes and I used to always be like, nobody's listening to this. Nobody's, nobody's listening to this. Nobody's listening, nobody's listening to this. And this week I had an exchange with a, a gentleman and we were talking and he goes, man, I, I remember you. I used to listen to you from back then. That's like four or five years ago. And I just did not think about the reach. And I think a lot of times people say things and do things especially on social media, because they don't think about the reach. They don't think that anybody's paying attention, right? And that could be said for people who do fucked up things. People do really fucked up things like Jeffrey Epstein, who thought he had the money and he didn't think nobody was going to pay attention. Who gives a fuck about little girls? Nobody. Who gives a fuck about drug trafficking and kidnapping and sex trafficking? Nobody, if you have enough money to pay them off. So you think you can just be untouched. You think that you can just live your life and nothing that you do will affect other people. And that's just not the way we were designed to be. Now there's a baby crying. Let me tell you something. If that baby keep crying, if I feel like something happened to that baby, I will jump off this seat and go and be Captain Save-A-Ho. I don't fuck around with kids. I don't, I do not fuck around with kids. I used to live in this apartment complex in Queens and there was a family above me. They had moved in after I, had, I was already living there and they moved in. And I think it was like two kids, a mom and a dad. I never know exactly how many kids, but I just know one thing on the weekend that dad was beating their ass. I'm not even saying it being funny. I mean, it's traumatic. It was a full on abuse and I would call the police. It got to the point like every weekend I knew a beating was coming. And you would just hear the kids. And I just wanted so badly just to go right upstairs and knock on that door and see that man's face and punch him in his fucking throat. But everybody was like, no, Chloe, don't do it. Don't go up there. Just call the police. And I call the police. And then, then he would like argue with the police and be like, well, who called you? Tell me who called you. And I just wanted so badly to go up there and beat his fucking teeth out his mouth. And that's the problem. That's the problem is that people are so worried about doing something that they don't do anything. And then when the news breaks, father kills kid. Oh, I used to, 
I used to hear them crying. I never call a cop. I always call the cops. I call the cops and left my name. I said, if that nigga want to know who it is, here's my name and my number. Let him know he can get these hands. Because I stand up for what I believe in. Right? And I think the worst thing in the world is to know that you could have saved somebody and you didn't because you were like, well, I thought somebody else is going to save them. Right? I thought, I thought somebody else is going to call. I didn't know. But now you can't even really call the police because, you know, we we learning that a lot of police are compromised, right? A lot of police, you know, the CIA did a report over 10 years ago that said that white nationalists and terrorist groups were infiltrating the legal system and they were becoming police officers. So when you see a cop shoot a kid, pull him over, beat him up, and you talking about, well, not all cops, nigga, most cops, <laughs> most cops have been indoctrinated behind the blue wall of silence and if they're not behind a blue wall of silence they are legit legit white supremacists and terrorists that's the same reason why they arrest dylan roof and took that nigga to fucking burger king for a snack after he killed people in a black church so don't come with me talking about no not uh, uh, oh really so Let's let's keep it a little funky. Let's keep it real. So you might not be able to call 911 and get the help that you need. You might be the help that you need. So don't think that your voice is never too small to speak up and say something. Because I'm sure there's a lot of people, like the people who live on the island where Jeffrey Epstein has hit, had his house, who was like, damn, I should have said something. I should have spoke up. You seeing this nigga flying every weekend with young girls, you know, crazy shit happening. Imagine the people that work there. I mean, you know, I'm sure not everybody that worked at his house it was down with pedophilia, but they're like, it's a job. I, I'm making money. What I'm is my family supposed to starve? Like, they gotta they gotta deal with that. They gotta settle that on their own. I, I'm not here to fix everybody's life. I'm trying to work on my own. Um, I'm trying to figure out what I'm having for lunch right now. So, I'm talking to you guys, but I'm like, ooh, it's I need to figure out what I need to eat. I'm going to try and hit up this pool right quick. And then I got shows tonight. And I got to edit this video and post it out here today because I'm not trying to sit on stuff and hold myself up. It's called Don't Get In Your Own Way. So, in conclusion, because the kid next door or wherever it is is getting louder. And my nerves are getting shot because I'm, I'm 38 years old. Oh, let me just address this really quickly. Two weeks ago... I was a spotlight on Comedy Central's This Week at the Comedy Cellar. They did like a nice little profile on me. If you look on any of my pages, it's up. I think it's on my Facebook page. Um, I have a clip on my Instagram page. And so there's several clips. There's a short clip of just one joke about my brother living with a millennial. And then there's a longer clip, which is like six minutes, which is like my full set. It's like my full set. And that's on the Comedy Central stand-up Instagram, like CC stand-up Instagram account. But for whatever reason, this joke about my brother being a millennial has caused people to question if I know when I was born. I'm not a millennial, okay? I know I'm not a millennial. I wouldn't stand on stage and do a joke about living with a millennial if I too was a millennial. I'm not dumb, okay? I know when I was born. The generation of millennials is 1981 to 1996, okay? So when I step on stage and I speak something, I know the fuck I'm talking about. I was born in 1980. I am Gen X. People in the comments, well, she think, oh, little does she know she a millennial too. 
No, dum-dum. I'm 38. I turned 39 in December. There's four more months of birthdays, idiots. <laughs> like, y'all think y'all know everything. Just stop. Stop it. Stop it. And I get it because you're used to people speaking up and they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. But the one thing I do know is when I was born and the one thing I do know is I'm not a millennial. And I know that my brother is. So just just settle that. Let's just settle that right then and there. Stop thinking you know people's lives. You don't know people's lives. You don't know people's lives. And I don't ever really go back and forth with people in comments. I do go and I like everything unless something is like, I'm not going to like that and co-sign it. But I like everything. That's me trying to, you know, validate the people who took the time to leave a little comment or leave a smile or refer someone else to my clip. I appreciate it. I've gotten the most views on the clip on my page. I think it's like over 55,000 now which is amazing and it's organic. I didn't pay for it, you know, so I'm definitely seeing like a lot of uh, increased visibility and people are like thanking me and asking me to come to their town or their city and perform. So all of that is amazing. It's been nine years of me doing stand-up comedy. I've been doing it full-time for six years on the road. My, my main income is from telling jokes. And so it is a little vindicating to be all of a sudden to resonate with people. But what I don't want to do is argue with motherfuckers about my life. And I'm not going to. I'm going to state the facts. And it is what it is. But yeah, I'm not a millennial. So thank you for that. Um, I think I think we had a good conversation. It's gone by so fast. I didn't even smoke weed before this one. So I'm definitely going to try and find a way to smoke some right now. Because I'm in Las Vegas. This time around, I didn't OD. All I did was buy pre-rolls. I bought pre-rolls so that way I will consume all of them before I leave here. I realized I don't really like vaping that much anymore. I just don't like, I don't like the, 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 like how much you have to suck in the vape pen. It's just too much. I can't really explain. If you don't smoke, you don't understand what I'm talking about, but I just don't like it. I feel like when it's a flower, I can just burn it and smoke it. It's much more easy. It's easier on my lungs and all that shit. So um, yeah, I got this thing called, um, Yo 11 and ghost train. Um, and I think I had something last night called pineapple upside down cake. So yeah, so I'm chilling. I got a couple more days here, a couple more shows. So if you're in Vegas, come see me. I'm here until Sunday. I mean, I have shows Sunday night. So now through Sunday, two shows a night, seven and nine. Come hang out. It's me, Daniel Simonson, and Mike Yard, and it's a great show. So if I don't see you in Vegas, I'll see you another time. Leave something in the comments. Let me know that you are alive, that you're doing well. Let me know how you've used your voice recently. Let me know what city you're in so I can start working on my tour for next year. And um, I'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks.